Hello and welcome to this week's Connect the Dots, a production by Industry Intelligence. I'm your host, Alec Gaylord. This week's topic, the pandemic housing market. When the COVID-19 pandemic first hit the U.S. economy in March and April, the housing market experienced an abrupt downturn. The existing home segment, also called the resale market, was especially vulnerable to the lockdown. Buyers stayed home, sellers pulled listings off the market, unemployment started climbing. In May, the number of existing homes sold nationwide dipped to just 3.9 million units, the same level as the bottom of the housing crash in early 2009. Remember those days? But if you've been paying attention to the market news lately, you probably noticed that since economies started reopening, residential real estate has been making a strong comeback. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, both new home sales and existing home sales made double-digit gains from May to June. In particular, the new home segment is red-hot again. New home sales increased a healthy 7% from a year ago. But not only that, the June sales numbers actually exceeded all of the pre-COVID monthly sales since August 2007, before the last crash. However, existing home sales are recovering more slowly and haven't gone back to pre-COVID levels yet. The June sales numbers for existing homes was still down 11% from a year ago. Potential sellers continue to keep their homes off the market. But the buyers are eager. Here's what Glenn Kelman, CEO of real estate brokerage Redfin, said at his company's quarter two earning call. Quote, By the end of June, inquiries were up 40% year over year. End quote. And that's crazy was exactly the phrase Kelman used to describe the recovery from the demand side. With a low level of resale home inventory, but strong pent-up demand from buyers, opportunities naturally go to home builders for new home construction. According to real estate research firm John Burns Consulting, new home construction is perhaps the, quote, brightest spot, end quote, in the pandemic economy, thanks to the so-called Great American Move and the low interest rates. So, what's this Great American Move? Well, based on data gathered by the U.S. Department of Commerce, home ownership rates went up to 68% in the second quarter. And who's leading this increase? Millennials under age 35. Here's what Eric Lepar, CEO of LGI Homes, said of the millennials. Quote, They're looking to get out of the apartment and the shared hallways and the elevators, and they want a yard, and they want more bedrooms. End quote. It seems millennials who have been lucky enough to hold on to their jobs during this pandemic are motivated to move away from the cities to the suburban outskirts and more rural areas. And all of this is made possible because many companies are now allowing employees to work from home. Aside from being closer to scenic attractions, houses outside the cities are bigger and more affordable. Each adult in the family has room to make Zoom calls and work while kids have their play areas. Homeowners in these communities have less concerns with congestion and coronavirus infections. 
But there's also something else about millennials that's helping to boost the housing market. They're technological savvy. Cheryl Palmer, CEO of home building firm Taylor Morrison, told analysts in a conference call, quote, We averaged 2.4 sales per day, 100% virtually, end quote. Mortgage applications and sales documents are submitted electronically. Millennials are also using self-guided touring technology for house hunting. Remember those days when first-time homebuyers would get excited about a realtor taking them on house tours before they picked a winner? Well, with the ongoing pandemic, millennials are comfortable shopping for everything online, including houses. Investment analyst Dan Kaplinger believes that home builders can't lose regardless of how this pandemic turns out. Here's a comment Kaplinger wrote in The Motley Fool. Quote, A full-blown economic recovery could stoke new confidence and lead to greater home buying activity, while ongoing coronavirus issues could prompt moves based on safety concerns. End quote. Meanwhile, new home sales in the active senior category are slower. Seniors aged 55 or older are avoiding air travel during the pandemic, and they're also delaying house hunting trips to the warmer states. Because of that, Taylor Morrison's CEO, Cheryl Palmer, said her company's recent sales primarily came from in-state traffic, which is evidenced in states like Texas and Florida. Companies like Taylor Morrison and LGI Homes are seeing that pandemic-related shutdowns in California and the Pacific Northwest are slowing sales in the region. We can see how all of these moving parts played out in June, according to the Census Bureau housing data. In the South and the West, where COVID-19 infections have been rising, new home sales were down slightly from a year ago by 2% and 4% respectively. For the same period, the Midwest had an impressive 22% gain, and the Northeast had a whopping 112% leap from a year ago. All things considered, the housing market is doing really well. Home buyers' enthusiasm continues to build. Here are some anecdotal observations from Kelman, Redfin CEO. Quote, In markets like Tucson, our agents meet buyers willing to pay $600,000 for a home where the average is closer to 250000 In markets like Palm Springs, we meet buyers willing to pay $1 million, where the average is less than 500000 end quote. What is not anecdotal is the growing intensity of the bidding wars. Redfin reports that 54% of their clients' home offers in July faced bidding wars, compared to just 11% a year ago. According to the Mortgage Bankers Association, in the first week of August, mortgage applications for both new and existing homes went up by almost 7% from the prior week. On the sell side, a sustained low inventory level is stoking bidding wars. We know that there's a shortage of resale homes, but what about new home construction? Well, based on Census Bureau statistics, despite a steady recovery, Housing starts in June were still 1-5% to below the year-ago levels in all four regions. So unfortunately, expect a weak housing pipeline in the near future. And this means the bidding wars will continue. When the market seems to be growing nonstop, 
a responsible question to ask is, how much longer will the growth last? If you're a business decision maker involved in the housing sector, you want to take advantage of the growth, but not be caught by surprise when the cooling starts. On August 10th, Househuntingsite Realtor.com reported that shopping interest among home buyers in the Midwest metropolitan areas cooled off after a short-term improvement. Is this something to worry about? Well, here are some forward-looking statements from analysts and industry executives. UBS real estate analyst Jonathan Wolishan wrote in a report that certain trends are structural, not pandemic-induced, meaning they will continue after the coronavirus is defeated. These are trends like millennials in their 30s having kids, needing more space for their young families, and the interstate migration to lower-cost, lower-tax states. Property management firm Marcus & Millichap CEO Hassam Naji told CNBC in a July interview that the next 18 to 24 months will show increased millennial exodus from New York City, Seattle, Miami, and other big cities with central business districts. There's pent-up demand in the market. David Ald, the CEO of homebuilder D.R. Horton, said in a recent earnings call, quote, There's just a whole lot of people out there that I think are going to be looking for housing over the next five-plus years, end quote. Here's Cheryl Palmer, Taylor Morrison's CEO again, quote, When it comes to the mortgage rates, I don't foresee an event that will materially change what we're experiencing today. The Fed has made it clear they will work to protect the economy, and in their estimation, a low-rate environment is one meaningful way to do that. End quote. However, David Rubenstein, co-chairman of the Carlyle Group, warned in an interview with Sarah Week, quote, If something can't keep going on forever, then it won't. End quote. He was referring to the near-zero interest rate. One day the interest rate will climb back up, and it always does. Without this free money, Rubenstein predicts that we will see the economic consequences of all the borrowing we have now in 5 to 10 years. Well, that's it for today. I'm Alec Gaylord from Industry Intelligence. We help you better understand your industry's challenges. Visit our website at www.industryintel.com. Check out our blog and our podcast. Arm yourself with the latest market intelligence. Please contact us and have a great day.